0: Are you fucking kidding me? I'm on. I hear you. Yeah. Hey, made it. Yeah,
1: I I know. And uh, we had about a half hour of conversation where we were muted. Oh, what? (laughs) Oh, shit. I'm
2: sorry. (laughs) And we were live muted? Yeah. On this thing or on there?
1: There. Well, because it hides. Yeah, don't, don't make me like I'm incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> not just saying like, oh, that's
2: unfortunate.
1: Yeah, I know, because that was like really good conversation. Mm-hmm.
2: And then Obviously that, it's not and then, recorded anywhere or anything.
1: Well, it is, but it's immediately unlisted and then I go and I grab it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have like half an hour of like silence to cut kind
2: out. Of... The, the sounds that we produced was whatever, recorded. We didn't record our dialogue anywhere else.
1: No, unfortunately not, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Which is funny because I was like, I'm just like, I should set up like a backup source at some point <laughs> to do that, and we are going to eventually do that. Uh, we'll move over to Wirecast um, soon-ish, but there's usually so many problems with bringing in external sources, mm-hmm. and that like it'll take 45 minutes just to get us good because <laughs> that's how Wirecast works. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, can you try talking?
0: I am here and I am testing. All right. Well, you're you're live, also.
1: And we're excellent. unmuted.
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent.
1: You know, if you hadn't shown up, we would have been muted the entire time and yeah, never yeah, would have yeah. known.
0: Good, good. So it, it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> but we were going to be muted. Good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I guess we can re- go back over some of the stuff here. We can. So we got
1: content. <laughs> um we talked about so much
0: oh yeah a trailer mm-hmm. i'm psyched about it
2: uh, yeah it was just like this shooting schedule and everything But i think it was a l- yeah. well okay so we talked about casting what what casting's like for you and how the character oh, becomes i amazing. think
1: we talked about casting again sure that that was interesting yeah totally <laughs> um, i'm so sad
2: about the muting thing <laughs> yes well, yeah, then, and then we talked about sort of generating money and stuff like that. See,
1: that part I'm OK with not being in there. Because <laughs> that's
2: that's a subject I'm kind of, it's dicey, yeah. as you're saying. It's... Let's see. Google Hangouts. Oh, there. Oh, nice. Uh, well, what about Alex, or so why don't you guys talk for a bit? Can bring him into Yeah,
0: so uh, what, what's been new with you? Uh, nothing much. Uh, working, a lot of work. Uh, I think I've told you guys I do social work. So I've been uh, working in the field of social work, uh, mostly with uh, autistic clients, um, adult and and students, so uh, fairly young. And uh, just had a lot of work lately uh, in that field. Um, the latest, uh, that's the latest with my life. It's just been, uh, it's just been busy in that department. I know not non-acting and, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, you can't put your life on hold. Some people do uh, for the love of the art. Um, I hate to say uh, I don't have that level of um, willpower to uh, to only do, you know, to only do acting and, and really forego other opportunities. Um, But I'm pretty sure everybody here works uh, in in some capacity. So, I mean, we'd all just love to be uh, doing full time uh, film and television. Right. But uh, it's just not the way of the world. And uh, so that's been uh, that's been my life lately. Uh, For those who don't know, I'm a avid video gamer. So, yeah, been uh, been playing a lot as per usual.
1: Are you you getting that? I, I can hear it from your phone. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm just trying to get. Uh, were you able to connect, or no, really,
2: no. Maybe they okay. call me or something.
1: Uh, yeah, hang on. Sorry,
2: just us
1: do one second. Um, oh, it, yeah, so, um, well, as you're having that conversation earlier, too, about uh, work. And, um, yeah, like, as I was saying before uh, when we were muted, <laughs> yeah. that, uh, like, my job is I'm lucky in that my job affords me sort of the opportunity to work on my things while I'm there. Uh, it's, Absolutely. I mean, on, but like on the other hand, too, like when I'm at work, I would rather be working and doing that job just because. Um, yeah, like, I don't know. It, it's just weird for me to be at work and working my other job being, you know, the show or whatever project that happened happening, working on at the time. Uh, so for me it's just I don't know, it it it's kind of a bittersweet kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. Are you Sean? Are you
2: maybe my Gmail address
1: Oh it was at wrong address?
2: S H O N E M I L E dot com. Okay.
1: Are you, um, there you are. Okay. And in a moment, Sean should be able to hear you, Alex.
0: Just make sure that you mute your microphone. Mute, mute my microphone? Not you. Okay. Sorry, not not you, Sean. Okay. Oh, that's Alex talking. Got him.
1: There you, there you go. go. Bye. Bye.
0: Thank you. Uh, very creative picture.
1: Thanks. Hey, Alex, have you been on one of these before? Uh,
0: you know, I, I can't say I recall. I mean, uh, I think it's possible that you and I did use this. I think when we had chatted, um, doing that live stream where we did the question and answer period. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, we did the AMA through that yeah i thought it was pretty effective i like i even right now i think like it's pretty cool because uh every everything is clear i don't know how you guys can hear me with my uh my headpiece but uh everyone's really clear so it's uh it's nice
1: yeah no everything everything's good there i was just curious if you had ever done one of these live streams before and you haven't so yeah. um not our monthly one at least i think the
2: most actors we've had one two three four in a shot not Lisa, Emma and Sarah, and Michael, and myself, one mm. time. To...
1: Lisa was hopefully, good. she was hoping to be able to make it, but then she had mm. to work uh, something she didn't think she had to work. So mm.
2: uh,
1: it looks like we have a pretty good turnout for our Wednesday one. So, also on Wednesday, uh, January 31st, we, so in Canada land, uh, one of our telecommunication companies, Bell, has this thing called uh, Let's Talk Day, where if you Uh, text or call or like you tweet, use their hashtag or something, they donate a certain amount for every time it's used to mental health initiatives in Canada. So given the content of our show, we're going to do, for for that day, um, we're going to do a live stream just to chat Mm -hmm. and sort of promote the mental health kind of thing. Mm.
2: So it'll be interesting. But it looks like we have a pretty good turnout for that. We're gonna run with the theme of mental health?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good time to chat about it. And I mean, there's certainly a lot to
2: talk about, especially like if you wanna talk about the show or things like that. Or... Well, on a gray day like it is today, <laughs> mental yeah. health wise.
1: Those people who have the sads.
2: <laughs> Reminds of Seattle. Seattle rainy gray Um, sort of depressing suicide capital of the country
1: i was thinking more like vancouver it reminds me a bit of it feels like a vancouver winter out there right now Mm. oh sure yeah rainy warm ish Mm -hmm. i was outside earlier like it's too bad that i have like video call earlier in the day a live stream and another video call later
2: as opposed to going outside
1: yeah as opposed to going outside and i don't know probably going outside just to go inside and go see a movie
2: or something <laughs> <laughs> well yesterday and the day before i hope you got out at least a little bit
1: i did why that was beautiful yes it was oh. i yesterday was friday i worked yesterday so i had to go outside to go to work That's... and then go outside to go home
2: did you go outside alex
0: uh Trying to think. Uh, I don't think uh, I did spend much outdoor time. No. The
1: question wasn't, did you spend a lot of time outside? It was, did you get outside
0: at all? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, then in that case, the answer would be yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and I and I enjoyed it. And uh, you a- know, while we're while we're on the subject, uh, you know, I think it's really great that Bell is uh, doing an event like that. Because I think it's just important in this day and age, you know, in 2018, I mean, we've had the knowledge for a long time uh, with regards to all all the varieties of of mental health issues that people can have. Um, But I don't think people are knowledgeable enough still in this day and age about those things unless they've had uh, personal experience or uh, people they know who have, uh, have had trouble with mental health. And so I think it is really great that, uh, that Bell's doing something like that and that we can be a part of, um, you know, really uh, uh, letting people know who do know uh, and who don't know um, that it is something that affects people's daily lives. And, uh, and it's not just about people affected, it's their families as well and people who are close to them. Uh, oh, so, absolutely. it's really important, I think, to to spread the knowledge about that and I think uh, Bell's doing a great thing. And in fact, you know, I, I really think it should be even more widespread than that, where uh, where everybody talks about it and understands um, the way it works because uh, I think it's an issue that people sort of, uh, you know, hide and uh, don't feel comfortable talking about. Um, so, yeah, I just, uh, just wanted to make that comment about uh, the event.
1: No, and I totally agree. Uh, you know, we're slowly talking about this kind of stuff more and more and trying to end the stigma of mental illness um know, mm-hmm. yeah, there's more to it and like when people go people use the words like oh someone is crazy that's like too broad of a term mm-hmm. i i have yeah. my feelings about that because it's just like well what exactly constitutes crazy then
0: like right sure. right well i i think that that is really uh i mean dated if anyone uses that kind of language these days because uh, you know, I, I think in this day and age, there's no excuse not to know about the severity of, uh, of mental health and how it affects people. So, uh, yeah, I just think that kind of terminology, uh, you know, for anybody who still, uh, genuinely uses that word, uh, I think it's, uh, it's just so dated, it's just so dated now.
2: Well, there's even worse than that, of course, like, like retard in the seventies, it was a normal term but today even it, even, in rings, the, even in the 90s it was a fairly mm-hmm. common term still too derogatory for sure yeah whereas in the in the 70s potentially it was that didn't even have the derogatory i don't mm. think connotation it was it was just literally that's what they are or whatever you want to say yeah um, and that that actually makes me think of political correctness and the issue i have with the argument against political correctness, thinking that it shuts you down and doesn't allow you to speak freedom of expression. Whereas no, because what political correctness is, is is simply respect for others and how they like to be uh, described or termed. So it's simply, it's not that you can't speak, it's just that you. It would be nice if you took other people into consideration when you did right
1: i think on that subject there's a line that unfortunately is it's awful um so there is exactly that the whole taking people's feelings into account but then there's people who are so sensitive that you can't say anything negative at all ever (laughs) uh you know no matter how careful you are because you'll hurt their feelings. Or it's like, what it is, it's a differing of opinion. That's OK, mm-hmm. as long as you're respectful about it. Mm-hmm. But again, there are people who take that too far. And so that's why suddenly you have this whole political correctness is a bad thing, because there are people who are idiots. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I think, yeah. I, OK, let's not mm-hmm. use, maybe not use that word, because that just kind of no. shuts down the conversation. There are people who are overly sensitive for various reasons. Well, that's what you meant by idiots. Well, that's why I rephrased because (laughs) if I say that, that just shuts down the conversation. It was too broad a a term. Yes, it was kind of like the word crazy. I was crazy to
2: use the word idiots. (laughs) Ah, yeah, We're all susceptible. And And you need to go slow in talking about these things because they're not necessarily easy to talk about. Mm
1: -hmm. That doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about it, though. No,
2: no, no, absolutely not. Just respect. And yeah, offending people isn't necessarily the end of the world, but just doing it in a respectful fashion.
1: It's also about perspective, too. So something like you and I might have a conversation uh, that I wouldn't necessarily be able to have with other people just because they're Because they're too sensitive, I guess. <laughs> uh, because some people you just can't have conversation without them getting angry. Mm. But if you could have a, you know a rational discourse with someone um, you know and, and keep things, even if I don't agree with someone, I can still learn something from them
2: and express to them that you don't agree.
1: And then why? And I think it's if you don't agree, it's important to be able to back that up. It's just like, present me with some evidence as to why you don't agree with me.
2: <laughs>
1: Maybe, you know, it's like, I'll learn something. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm okay with
0: that.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: Alex, are you okay with being wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, ha- it happens to everybody. It happens to everybody. It's, uh, but uh, the question is, uh, you know, how you deal with it, you know? And I think, uh, you know, it's like one of those, Things that everybody sort of hears or learns as a child, but there's so many adults who never really practice it. And it's sort of like uh, being a graceful loser or a good sportsman. But uh, unfortunately, even though we all learn those lessons when we're young, um, I, I think um, we, there's a lot of people that just don't carry it over into adulthood.
1: And I guess the more interesting question to that is is why is that the case Mm -hmm. i think that's an interesting thing to explore what happened between like childhood and now that Mm -hmm. you know kind of made that person the way they are you know it's the same thing when you look at people who are you know let's take a look at people who are homophobic let's say we aren't we're inherently good you know uh, growing up uh hate is taught so, you yeah. know, if, if you have that sort of uh, intolerance somewhere, it was taught. Same thing with, you know, if you're not graceful at losing, somewhere you learned that behavior, right. whether it be because you had a really bad experience and you put up walls uh, and now you're really defensive about things, or, you know, maybe it was just something that was just sort of beaten into that you always have to be right, whether it be verbally or physically in some cases.
2: Well, and it doesn't have to be laid out and taught word for word, but no. rather by example, for example. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Whereas, like if
1: you grow up with, you know, you have parents or siblings or wh- whoever uh, who you look up to who don't react well when they lose, you learn that behavior. And suddenly that's okay. That's become normalized for you. Mm-hmm.
2: That's something we definitely have to, well, in ourselves and in others to some degree, perhaps mostly in ourselves, have an eye for and uh, aim to keep a continual evolution and development of ourselves. I try to keep an eye out in myself, for example, for some of the things that I have evaluated as being on the negative side Uh, In my own family and and that could have very easily filtered down into me and that have but that uh, can I spin them and use them to a positive end as opposed to what I see as having been negative in previous members of my family.
1: So essentially how can you learn from that
2: learn from it exactly and, and better apply it going forward.
0: That's a good point Sean. I mean, I know it's vague, but I think it applies to everybody in a in some way.
2: Yeah, for sure. Oh, and I agree. What did my mom and dad leave down to me on so many levels, um, and how do I want to use that or negotiate it?
1: How can you turn that thing into something sort of on a positive side? Mm. Yeah, same sort of thing with me growing up. There were like certain, there were certain things, especially like looking at money, for instance, um, you know, that's, for me now, it's not, it's something that I don't really care as much about. So in some way, I might have taken that one extreme. I might have taken that one, you know, look at like, money's really been really important and flipped it around to like, now I'm looking at it from the other extreme. And um, that's not necessarily a good thing, but, you know, it's, I'd rather
2: focus on other things as opposed to that. Well, and are you making a connection with your parents there? No, <laughs> nothing is received. Oh, yeah. there's been things that like, I mean, within that context of money question. Like actual money or is in well, your perspective on money that you were just describing. Yeah, yeah. So there is that
1: connection, but it's been flipped. So as opposed to it right. being a focus. It's a non-focus, which is it's what's weird. So instead of it being important, it's not as important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I maybe see it more as a you know a betterment towards the people who
2: I care about. And that's a different way than say you received, like you originally you saw it as important because you had received that perhaps from parents or whatever mm-hmm. influences. But now you've been like, you know what? I want to think twice about that and exactly. do it in my own way. That's exactly it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like it's, it's,
1: yeah. So it's just taking that sort of something that I perceive as negative now and turning it to something positive,
2: mm-hmm.
1: just something that is useful. So I mean, it still definitely shaped me, but then I just sort of reshaped it, if that makes any sense.
2: Yeah, totally. Um, for me sort of watching out to like like males in my family not all but um there is a phenomenon of talking about what one will do tomorrow and how amazing it will be and convincing everyone that it's going to be incredible with some charisma and some energy and everything and then Tomorrow, you're still talking about what you're going to do tomorrow. Nothing that it doesn't ever realize. You know, it's dream, dream, dream. It's like that on my dad's side. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah,
1: no, that's exactly it. Uh, you know, it's just like this constant talk of, oh, I'm going to do this
2: thing, going to do this thing, going to do this thing.
1: It's going to be amazing. It's like, well, why aren't you going to do it?
2: Right. So I've always taken that as a critical goal for me even if it's not the ultimate goal, it's something real that I've accomplished and have under my belt and can move on from.
1: Yeah. And then you've actually gone out and you've done a thing as opposed to just talking about it.
2: That's what I'm saying, even yeah, yeah. if it's not the full goal. Yeah. And the funny thing is all those little things are essential to the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. It just builds up. There's steps on the path. you know?
1: For sure,
0: Alex, how about you? You're so quiet yep, uh no, I mean, I was just taking it all in um, can we well uh sorry i I mean i I had just muted for a second just to uh, exchange a few words, but uh ah, okay uh so we're well specifically, well, hang on, because there was something you mentioned that was interesting for me about not following through um or changing sort of uh well maybe not changing ideas but not something not coming to fruition and i would say about that um one doesn't always have as much control over their life as i think um one would like or one would expect (laughs) so unfortunately i think a lot of things a lot of great ideas sort of never make it into a practical uh, application for several reasons, you know what I mean? Uh, so that was really interesting. But well, that's a factor
2: in, to play with, of course, um, but not an
0: excuse, right? No, it's are right. like Not an like, excuse, not an excuse, yeah.
1: When you're talking about not having as much control over your life as you want, I mean, can you elaborate on that? Because that, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think as I've grown up, I think I've realized that some people are, um, I, I don't really look at it as like, uh, as an upper hand or underdog or that kind of, uh, viewpoint. It's just sort of like some people may get dealt certain characteristics. For example, there are some people that can't do, uh, public speaking or acting. You know what i mean it terrifies them uh it's something built into them they didn't have a choice over that uh so that really limits their ability to say want to become an actor or do something like that let's just say uh that's just like a that's sort of a a really simplified example um of something that one doesn't have control over you know what i mean like uh your own your own characteristics that might limit you and your your ability to do a a certain thing um You know, but uh, more elaborately, you know, it's hard to say. I I think there are a lot of circumstances, you know, let's just say, um, you know, if you grow up in a certain environment, if you've worked a certain job, you know, there's plenty of people that work certain jobs for 10, 20 years and uh, they'll tell you that they've gone too far this idea that they built up so much experience and so much knowledge in one industry. And it doesn't mean they can't do something else. It doesn't mean they can't turn their life around entirely. Um, but they might feel like it's, uh, they're forced or they're guided into a certain direction that maybe they did or didn't plan for, but it ended up that way. And, uh, I just saw, you know, possibly influencing this thought is, just last night, I uh, I went to a theater production in uh, in Aurora, the uh, theater <laughs> Aurora. <laughs> Wait, uh, was it called If Then? Called if Then, that's right. Oh,
2: <laughs> nice. I know the director and everyone involved. Yeah. So yeah. Just, Aurora, just like looking at
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, theater Aurora. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> If Then, boy, that uh, that sh- that uh, play really uh, it makes you think. It makes you uh, contemplate. Um, you know, uh, what kind of control we really do have in our lives and uh, and whether things okay. just happen the way they happen. But I think the message though, um, ultimately, you know, of course that, that kind of artwork is, you know, for people to interpret and for people to think about, it's not for, uh, you know, necessarily a solid conclusion, but um, certainly they steer you toward uh, concluding with the idea that one shouldn't dwell too much on their life circumstances or why things happen the way they did, they just kind of happen. And I think that's true for a lot of people that things just sort of happen and uh, and you don't always, uh, you know, not that you don't make conscious decisions, but sometimes, uh, you know, it's like the old when life gives you lemons, you make, uh, you know, lemon juice kind of, or uh, you make lemonade and uh, yeah. so. Uh, I'm just uh, it definitely were in the audience last night (laughs) (laughs) yeah well I was what's that
2: I hope it's doing well
0: oh uh, yeah yeah well I was actually volunteering I was working concession but I I did sneak in to see the show and uh, and it did seem uh, really busy it's only the second night and it is running next Mm -hmm. weekend as well so uh, yeah so you so you know Sergio then that's right yeah, I've done Sergio's yeah, he's done quite a few, uh, quite a few productions, Sergio.
2: Yeah. I feel like he could do stuff in the city. People are often telling him like, bring this play to the city or, you know, to bigger audiences, but he keeps plugging away in Aurora.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is Aurora is small time. It is a, it is a close knit community there and, uh, and they're very accommodating in terms of scheduling. And uh, I think that's one thing that really attracts people there. You know, they're, they're, very, uh, they're very accommodating. Just everybody just understands that everybody's working. And he is actually a paramedic, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So uh, being a paramedic, you can only imagine uh, the kind of work hours, um, the unpredictable uh, aspect of it. So uh, shifts work. You know, not necessarily unpredictable, but you know what I mean. Uh, rotating shifts, uh, difficulty to make uh, some some consistent plans week by week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, what did you do with Sergio?
2: Oof, uh, we're going back a ways. I mean, I think the first thing we did was Bye Bye Birdie in like nineteen ninety seven. Wow, there's been a number of things since then how old are you sean oh how old i am uh <laughs> 35. i'm about a month away from being 36. oh boy yeah it feels weird that's kind of funny Does it? you play someone who's i think the exact age is 26. okay <laughs> <laughs> I, actually i applied yesterday for a film version of west side story directed by none other than Mr. Steven Spielberg. I hope you get the role. Well, who knows, <laughs> but the, the character is awesome. 18 to 23. And I looked at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, you can do this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You have someone who's yeah. playing um, Violet's sister, who's about 12, and the actress is in her is, is 20.
2: Oh, that's hilarious! Nice, <laughs> but like
1: you know, like she has looked for the part, and with her a great makeup artist, you know, makeup and hair, uh, and then some wardrobe, wardrobe, outfits. wardrobe, makeup, hair, between all that, yeah, you know, she, she already looks younger, but like that'll get you know even less, even more younger, mm. or even younger, not more younger. It's not a real phrase.
2: May I? We were talking about. Um, i think alex referred to factors affecting your choices and your ambition and what you're able to accomplish day to day in a given industry and i think that's uh, provides a really positive segue to something that could not be more current which is like for example females in a given industry whether it be stand-up comedy or I was just hearing that on CBC or cinema or anything, where we're far still from parody. And so it's about, on one hand, more opportunities and more maybe... I think the audiences are there. It works when you have a film with a female lead, a female director, those work. Um, So audiences are there, but it's one hand, the, the people who are hiring, and on the other hand, I guess, women having been trained and wanting to do it and receiving from their parents and from previous generations and from examples that they can. What do yep. you think about that? I'm not really <laughs> the best place to talk about it as a white male.
1: <laughs> uh, no, like I think industry is taking an interesting turn. Actually, though it's funny that you bring that up because before uh, one of the groups on Facebook, uh, they're offering a uh, free VR uh, 360 uh, class for women. Mm-hmm. And uh, then there's like someone like how to it. make VR. Yeah, how to use like the VR cameras and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So like training, and you know totally free. And someone would put like why is it, why why only female? Why not male? Uh, This goes back to another interesting post that someone had made commenting like uh, they were on a VR set and there's maybe one person that they know who does directing for VR, one person or one female who does directing for VR, uh, one female who knows how to use the camera, and that's it. It's mainly a male-dominated industry like Mm. part, and it's huge that way. So it's this whole thing to try to get more uh, females trained with VR. Uh, directing using their camera using the cameras so things like that but then you still have the people who you know are just like well, why can't you be all inclusive and have us too like mm-hmm. well you know have you seen the state of the industry like i mean even things with like you know um with the golden globes that just happened Was that the golden globes i think it was the golden globes mm-hmm. uh, with... oh no it was the canadian screen awards that's what it was and they oh. have Like finally had a female cinematographer nominated. Oh wow! And I don't. I think that's the first time that's happened. So you know, like, and that's sad that we have to make a big deal about that
2: Mm -hmm.
1: because, like, that we there should be. This shouldn't have been the first time
2: this happened. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I don't like. I like the shift that's slowly happening. Well, that's it. I mean, the fact that it's never happened and should have already isn't a reason to not do it now. And hopefully it becomes more and more regular. Well, that's exactly it. Like, if we should make a big deal of it, because it it is a big deal
1: that it happened. But at the same time, like, it should have happened before. Um, You know, so it, it should be a more commonplace thing. So hopefully we start, you know, that starts to keep, you know, we keep going in that direction. We're going in a good direction. Um, even with the whole Me Too uh, movement as well. With, oh, like, every, with everyone, what's that? It's huge, obviously. Yeah, and like with everyone who's coming forward. Uh, I won't dive into that because I have mixed feelings about
2: that. <laughs> well, it's funny too because my girlfriend works at a nuclear facility as a welder in the Boilermakers Union. And she's, there's not that many females. And it's, there's no question of her capacity. Whether she got in or not, a little bit easier because she was a female. Regardless, she's earned her way and she wouldn't still be there if she wasn't good, regardless of her gender. That being said, they don't get a lot of females who try to get into that. And um, so that's an aspect too, is like, yes, we want gender parity and given in all domains, um, but there's a number of factors that might slow that down yet for a while.
1: And uh, that actually gives us a really good point. Uh, The fact that not a lot of females have tried to get in, uh, you know, you have to wonder then Would the numbers be higher if more people who are, if more women who are of higher quality uh, applied? Like people who, if more women who deserve to be there applied. And I mean, I'm going to switch gears from sort of, um, but looking at, we talk about inclusivity, but it's also a matter of who applies. So let's, like, casting for Scars, for instance. Um, One of the characters is trans. I would have loved to have had a trans actor play or someone who's non-binary or something play, you know, play Kyle, but it came down to who applied and who was the best for the job. So even if we had some trans people who applied and Michael had still outshined them, he would have gotten the part. Um, so it comes down to, you know, when you're going to start talking about that, taking a look at all the factors. So, you know, if people aren't applying, then, you know, you, you, can't, you can't use that as a proper, uh, you know, the proper stat.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, it's, a, it's like a bigger social question of encouragement in high school, awareness, of seeing themselves in roles like that. I mean, their type of person or what have you so that they can see it's possible. I can do that and i can submit for jobs
1: and the more you know the the fact that now we have you know the whole big thing of like a female cinematographer getting nominated that's good that's positive that will encourage more people to go well if that happened then you know why can't i try this and that just it comes down to being socialized when you're younger Mm -hmm. you know everyone's being put into the role so i'm curious as to see where the next 20, 30 years ago, now that we have a new generation being socialized considerably differently than, say, you and I.
2: Yeah, That's a good
0: point because it has changed a lot even in the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. Say 20 years, it's made a big difference. So, like, and I think that has a lot to do with it, too.
1: Uh, It's just the current generation that's there, and so now we're suddenly wanting change. We're wanting to see things different. Now. We're wanting to mm-hmm. see you know, things become more equal. So it's because of how we're raised and then how we're raising our kids and going forward. So yeah, the next. So when you start thinking about it that way, it kind of feels nat- like a natural progression that this is happening. It starts mm-hmm. to feel a little bit more normal, I guess. Natural.
2: Despite what might still be factors pushing in the opposite direction or what have you, which seems to necessarily exist because we're still not there at all. Yeah. And I'm finding, like, I had a moment yesterday on CBC, again, they were talking about gender parity, sexual harassment, but also particularly gender parity. And I'm like, we're still only at 20% women? And it's um, starting, like, even for me, who's full out open, I'm like, I'm having a really hard time finding a job. Mm-hmm. Is that because I'm a white male or who the fuck knows? <laughs> but um, we're only at 20%. Yeah, it's, that's
1: still so low.
2: Yeah.
1: And then there's the wage gap, too. Sure. And that I think that's also another factor, uh, looking at the wage gap. if you If you're making less than... A male who's doing your exact same job, what is your motivation to keep working, doing you know, with that doing that job, that company or whoever, and what kind of message does that send about you know the quote like you're doing the same job, you're doing it just as well if not better, and you're not appreciated because you're making less than your male counterpart. Mm-hmm.
2: That reminds me, there's a British film about a time in the 60s, women were work, or maybe it's even the World War, but women were working in like a factory. And it was talking about, we got to hire, pay these women the same, give them better jobs. I forget the exactly context, but the argument of the owners of like the GM factory and stuff was like, we won't be able to survive if we're forced to pay these women properly and get them jobs and bring women into the workforce, we'll go bankrupt. And I don't know if, I'm sure that that argument or at least that rationale is yet present in certain CEOs and stuff like that. And it does necessitate a social shift where money moves differently. Um, And that's gotta happen, There's, there's no stopping that. Yeah, and so we oh, will look differently on the other side. Just to and, make
0: a point about that, uh, there was quite a bit of talk uh, around the the minimum wage boost.
1: Can I bring how, that up? Uh,
0: and how how that would hurt companies. Uh, and um, you know, you you do also got to remember. Let's just say uh, a company like McDonald's, uh, or, or let's just say Tim Hortons. Uh, <laughs> <or your> local <laughs> example. <Yeah. refrigerator. laughs> <laughs> there, there's a lot of there's a lot of franchise owners and uh, they get squeezed really by the corporations who are who are basically forcing them to use certain supply routes and buy from suppliers at certain prices. And, uh, you know, it's sort of like uh, it, it's sort of interesting. Who do, who do you really blame in those sorts of scenarios? Because you do have a, a legitimate Problem with a, a franchise owner who's who's really technically more of a small business owner uh, versus a corporation who says, hey, you know, don't do this, uh, or, or or maybe they say yes, maybe they say no. But the 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 point I'm making is, uh, you know, there are some uh, cases where um, where I do believe it would be legitimate, uh, but obviously it's absurd that we have our minimum wage even as low as it is. For you know, personally, I believe it's. It's uh, very difficult to live on on that kind of a wage, but um, so I, I'm, you know, not to not to get too political here because I, I do obviously support the the raising of the minimum wage, but there there were some uh, legitimate concerns about some small business owners and how they might be affected uh, much more so than big corporations, and and there is a there is a gap there uh, in perspective.
1: And I entirely like I entirely agree that that's sort of where I'm torn on that. Having been a small business owner, it's difficult. Like it'd be great to it would have been great to hire you know other employees, um, but it just comes down to like for the in this industry in particular, doing like commercial productions whatnot, people just don't want to pay. Uh, but just going back to the whole minimum wage thing, yeah, like corporations definitely. And, that's, and when it comes down to franchise owners, like I see your point, but that comes down to the corporation's responsibility. To support their franchise owners as opposed to just sort of being like well you're on your own you can't do these things by the way but good luck with that that's an excellent point for something like like small business owners i have to wonder if like so when your business files taxes maybe if you get something like if you're making under a certain amount you know maybe the government steps in and gives you a subsidy it does happen with some wage workers where if you hire, um, you know, from a certain group, I think it's like anyone who's on um, on welfare, on what is it called now in Ontario? I don't Social aid? Or called? Yeah, social aid, I think it's called. Yeah. Anyone who's on that, like if you hire them, the government will subsidize their wage by so much. So something like that for small business owners to go, well, you know, instead of laying off employees, you know, here's more incentive to hire them. Uh, you know, we'll we'll, we'll give you a break on that and we'll help pay some of their wages. And maybe, like, if you're making over a certain amount, like, say, a corporation, you know, a little bit more as far as taxes go. So it becomes a matter of, like, the people who are making a lot of money help out uh, the people who aren't making as much to sort of equalize things a little bit more. And then everyone benefits.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be a good possibility to work with. Absolutely. And I had noticed that point as well as these saying they're a small business owner, but really they're a representative, which is what a fund fr- uh, franchise is, um, of a bigger corporation. And it is interesting that the corporation can receive from the franchise, obviously, but doesn't have to help them pay. Employees and stuff like that. So well, there's maybe a loop there.
1: Yeah, and it just comes down to just you know support. It, it comes down to support. Uh, you know, a franchise, uh, you know, if you're a franchisee, you pay a franchise fee, and that, you know, it's up to your franchise to sort of make that money. But again, you're still a part of that bigger company. Yeah so with an increase in wage like even the minimum wage increase you still can't live off of that especially here in toronto exactly and even what they're going to increase it to next year i forget how much they're upping it again but like you still
0: can't live off of that
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah absolutely well you uh you know i don't know um if, if you guys uh, follow uh, financial markets at all, but uh, one of the biggest discussions in financial markets presently is, uh, is the fact that wage growth hasn't happened for about 10 years. It's been extremely minuscule. So, um, uh, you know, they, they talk about the cost of living, right? So in the last 10 years, the cost of things has gone up quite a bit, but our wages haven't changed. So uh, I would say that there are a lot of systemic issues also that have little to do with the minimum wage because uh, there's plenty of people that make, you know, let's say more than $14 an hour, but not much more. And those people aren't helped by this, right? It's still it's still mm-hmm. just getting by. And frankly, if you're only making uh, anywhere around 20 bucks an hour, I mean, you're still just getting by, you know, you can't really expect to own a home or, or uh, you know, do, live any kind of, uh, uh, I, I don't know what the right word would be, but, uh, you really don't have any room for excess
2: <laughs> High quality of life. Yeah. Don't yeah. You, you, you,
0: you don't have, you don't have any room and, and I don't even mean affluent. I, you know, I just, you, you don't have any room for extras, right. you know, and that's uh, and that's unfortunate because what including, kind of a way is that
1: to live? Including avocados you know, we can oh, yeah. cut those out in order to form a house. If <laughs> cut that out, we can afford to buy a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Luxury products. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Lux- luxury products. Sure. But, uh, but I mean, then you got to think about what, what's a luxury product, you know, isn't it reasonable for someone to, to have a goal of owning a home in their lifetime, you know, owning a home and having, uh, uh, cars aren't, uh, you know, uh, super old and breaking down. Isn't it reasonable to expect that the average person should be able to afford uh, those types of things? But I'll tell you anywhere around Toronto, the average person can't, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's there's definitely deeper problems than the minimum wage when it comes to what people are getting paid. Uh, but at least I believe it's a step in the right direction. Uh, and unfortunately though, uh, really wage growth comes from uh, things that we talked about, corporations being responsible and sharing their wealth. Oh, that's a that's I've a heard, difficult subject. Yeah.
2: You heard about like guaranteed basic wage or what have you I love doing it. in Switzerland? Germany wants to do it. See, that's
1: the uh, Ontario went and they tried doing a thing and it was stupid. Uh, Switzerland and Germany, um, you know, they did it. It's fantastic because everyone gets this base and not just, you know, whereas here when they ran the pilot, um, I wasn't living on here at the time, but it was like if you fell under a certain income bracket, that's when you got basic living and it was like a replacement for Ontario Works, which is what that system's called.
2: Thank you, static echo. Um, hmm. But yeah, it it's That's sort of what Alex is talking about when you say what you just said Ontario tried is trying to bring up the lowest but not affecting the ones that are the exactly. lowest, which but is still having challenges.
1: Which is what the which is what the minimum wage increase is doing, but like That doesn't help me (laughs) like just looking at that like that doesn't help when i make it work which i mean i can live but i'm still kind of living paycheck to paycheck Mm -hmm. so as you look around my apartment
2: (laughs) um, well if anyone could do that it would be canada yeah i mean switzerland and canada
1: (laughs) yeah i mean we should be able to do it and there isn't much there isn't really a reason why we can't I mean, even if you take a look at like our medical costs, yeah, we have this whole free healthcare thing, but I mean, you're still doing things like I have an ambulance bill that I paid for, like that I have to pay for that, you know, when that I, I, I'm not the one who called it. like it was necessary mm-hmm. and yet I'm still being charged it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Ontario health insurance only covered so much. Mm-hmm. It's just like why, like, it's not really free healthcare, uh, you're still paying for stuff. You know, mm-hmm. dentists you still have to pay for that. Drugs mm-hmm. you still have to pay for that, no matter how necessary. So we still have a yeah, lot of problems. Yeah.
0: That's a that's a really uh, that's a really good point. That that those uh, those sorts of gaps I think are are things that people don't really realize or don't really think about. But that really puts a strain if you don't have any excess money, and there are tons of Canadians who don't have excess money. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, it's.
1: Yeah, silence. (laughs) Um, Should we steer towards a a
2: more happy ending? I I think we kind of should. So, (laughs) Sean, update us on your chocolate milk. Oh, well, yeah, the chocolate milk is done. Today I had dark chocolate. (laughs) Decided to go upscale. I'm living on luxury products, you know. (laughs)
1: Speaking of luxury products, nice. Yeah, very nice. And because we were on mute before, as I was saying, last time we did this, Mm. you failed to update people and left anyone who listened wondering. Do you know how many emails I got about that? Yeah. None. (laughs)
2: um, Uh, I did finish it last time. It does not take me long to finish an entire track. And that time, I think I had like a two and a half liter or something like that. That thing was huge.
1: Whereas today, it was just kind of it small. Oh.
2: Well, it's pretty darn rich today, so All right. I don't know how much you can take of that. I still expected
1: more from you. I'm disappointed.
2: <laughs> well, I, you haven't even started this guy. This is milk chocolate covered nuts and raisins. Yeah, I'm a little
1: surprised you haven't started that.
2: <laughs> Save it for home. I didn't want to, like, fill the radio with, like,
1: as you cook it right now. <laughs> now you don't care, Yeah, and you know what? It wouldn't have mattered if you did it like during the first half hour because no
2: one would have heard it. No. Well, we would have missed that opportunity. So now we got it. It's a bit of a climax for today's show.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Alex, how about you? Are you drinking chocolate milk or vodka Uh, or eating?
0: uh, You know what? Uh, No, uh, but I am a chocolate eater and uh, my presently my my favorite convenience store chocolate is the uh, Cadbury, um, so this would be the the makers of fruit and nut bars and it's the same line, mm-hmm. except they have all kinds of flavors right now. I don't know if you've seen them, they're, they're purple wrappers mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's called the coconut and cashew. And uh, <clears throat> keep an open mind, if you don't like uh, chocolate and coconut, don't worry, don't fret, you still have to try it because it's just fantastic.
2: A yeah, top, I top, I top, so. I, top I,
0: I, shelf I chocolate bar, the coconut and cashew from Cadbury. It looks like the fruit and nut, but it's the coconut and cashew.
1: Do you uh, remember the Bounty chocolate bar? It still remember?
0: Exists. I'm pretty okay. sure I just I'm pretty sure I had one in the last couple of months. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, like I haven't that
1: seen the <laughs> Bounty chocolate bar in a while, but I haven't looked for it necessarily.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. uh, look look for it. Uh, yeah, I've had I've had in uh, in university when I had no limit on my chocolate eating. Uh, (laughs) you know, I would have like a chocolate bar a day, so I I got my fair share of exploration when it came to chocolate bars, and uh, yeah, once in a while I'd have a bounty, and I had one not that long ago, I think.
2: Actually, that was my grandmother's favorite chocolate bar, and she just passed in the last few days. Sorry to hear that, yeah, Yeah, she had a very full, long life. It seems like everyone I tell about it is sadder than anyone among my family. I mean, obviously, very sad but at the same time celebratory, like she did a full life. She was ready to go and, uh, she herself would be making jokes at her own funeral. I'm a (laughs) hundred percent sure.
1: That's awesome. I mean, it's, so it's sad, but it's also like nice that she had that full life. Oh
2: yeah. yeah. If you see on my Facebook and Instagram, I did a collage of images from her life because we have pictures from when she was four wow. in like 1926. Wow. wow. Yeah. It's a little bit of a history of Toronto because she was always That's in cool. Toronto. That is cool. And there's there's a telegram from Windsor when my grandfather was uh, training for the military in 1941. He ended up in Scotland um, and he sent her a little telegram warning her to be on the phone at a certain time in the evening because he was going to call. It's cool. You know, you see a life, someone's life. I said, I said, rest in peace, Grandma, you earned it.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, I, I saw. I saw that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool.
2: I mean, you know, luckily it was not cancer it's all too frequent. Things that are happening these days along well, no those lines. Not to take it in that direction as no, no, we no. come it's... to the end. <laughs> Wait a, minute. yeah, maybe she's to something more positive. So uh, about that death. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's I mean it's it's positive in a way, in in a way. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, next time we have a bounty, we'll think about her.
2: Exactly. Yeah, yes. no. that's all she asks. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel like we should have had Bounty chocolate bars. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, no. <laughs> yeah, Sean, why this did you so prepare for
1: to this? You, like... <laughs> this podcast, this live stream, is brought to you by Bounty chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Um on wednesday at 1 p.m we are doing that bell let's talk podcast or uh, live stream i don't know what we want to call it that i mean it's not really in conjunct it, it's on the day of but it's not really part of bell Sweet. but yeah we'll call it our mental health live stream or something but, yeah
2: so, there'd be a fair amount of cast members there
1: yeah um not necessarily an all cast, but there is some crew as well.
2: Oh, cool. Uh, awesome. Our
1: social media person is going to be there. Uh, mm-hmm. Assuming that people don't at the last minute go, I can't make it for whatever reason. Yeah. But I mean, it looks like it'll be a fairly good turnout. I don't know if it'll be our biggest. I mean, this one was initially set out to be our biggest and then things happen mm-hmm. and now it's just three of us. One of whom took forever to get on.
0: Yes, uh, I was on mute. <laughs>
1: Shut up. I was watching you from the side. I took so long because at your house and I was like looking through your window but you didn't see me. That's why I took forever. And then I had to get home. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, we have that coming up on Wednesday and then we're making a trailer yes exciting stuff
0: (laughs) i did cut my hair by the way so uh it has grown it has grown back a fair bit but um you know uh you can expect a a slightly slightly more refined richard
1: all right well i need to recast richard now (laughs) thank you for that You never did trim that beard. I mean, we raised a bunch of money, and that beard should
0: have just gone. Oh, oh my God! Don't, please don't force me to do that. Shall so it, no should herbs. I? Should it, I? A full, was, a full shave?
1: No, don't, don't. It, it was one okay. of our fake perks on the last video when we started yeah. coming up that's with that's right, that's uh, right things.
2: That's right. You know, I mean,
1: by that logic, Sarah, Sarah should be bald. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was at, like our four dollar perk. Michael had set that at. So,
0: <laughs> well, um, I am certainly willing to trim it right down. I could trim it right down to stubble. I, I'd be willing to do it.
1: It's quite all right. There's no requirement for that.
0: Before before the trailer, probably not. Yep. Maybe, maybe post-trailer, possible. I save
2: that for the, the full-on series.
0: We'll, we'll save that for season oh, two. So you're making me you, you
2: shoot things
1: then, essentially what you're saying. <laughs> You reshoot things no uh-huh. it, just all right all righty well i think that's going to wrap it up for us here uh come back again on wednesday at 1 p.m
0: awesome yeah sure. Alrighty.
1: thank you to all of our supporters both from kickstarter and patreon Giving a quick shout out to Kai, Andreas Nelsmuller, Milani Hernandez, Colin Weatherby, Primal Screams Media, John Frewin, Mark Grasdell, Heath Dobson. You guys are awesome, and thank you for your support. If you'd like to contribute, our Kickstarter is over, but Patreon is always open, and there are some neat rewards with that. The link is in the description.